Hey, what's up, everybody? For your fix of fitness, health, life, and laughs, you know where it's at. That's right, it's at the podcast with your host, yours truly, Adam Pullman. What's up, party people? Welcome to a bonus episode of the podcast where I was fortunate enough to interview uh, a good friend of mine, Kelsey Weeby. Now, we first got to know each other when we worked together at uh, a big box gym when I first started uh, personal training. So that's when we got to know uh, each other more. And that's where we first met and we've uh, connected over the years. And now she is doing some awesome things in helping women find freedom with food, essentially, and just break free from the diet mentality and finally have room to breathe and to feel free with their relationship with food. So we we talked about some awesome things. We talked about uh, what freedom from food really looks like. We also talked about intuitive eating as well, because uh, that's something I wanted to touch on. Nowadays, <clears throat> That's that's a term that's thrown around without proper context. So she gave some great insight on what exactly intuitive eating is, what it looks like, and how you might be able to apply it uh, in your life. So it was an awesome interview. It was great to reconnect. And I feel like she brought some really valuable information that a lot of you are going to uh, find very useful. So if you want to connect with her more, you can find her on Instagram and her handle is Kelsey Weeby PT. Uh, that's K E L S E Y W I E B E P T. Kelsey Weeby PT. That is her handle on Instagram. And if you're looking for a place where you can connect with her and others and get more valuable information, things like master classes, workshops, you can go ahead and check out her Facebook group called Rediscover You Healthy Fit and free. So that's going to be at facebook.com slash groups slash rediscover you healthy fit free. That's where you can find that there. So be sure to check her out. Um, she's got tons of, of valuable information and knowledge in helping women really break free from their relationship with food. And if you're a guy listening to this too, don't count yourself out though. She chooses to, to work specifically with women. That doesn't mean that <clears throat> the, the information in this episode doesn't apply to you. A lot of what we talked about actually applies to me in my life and the story that I have as I learned to become, uh, you know, kind of separate and separate my identity from food. Before I used to, I used to use food as a means to an end to get to the physique I wanted. I was so focused on macronutrients and meal timing and protein shakes and all this, all these bullshit supplements, and I didn't chase health. And I never ended up reaching the results that I wanted. So even for me, when I broke free of that and focused on just health first, I was able to reach all of the goals that I was previously trying to um, with a lot more ease and a better state of mind as well. So if you're a man and you're listening to this, don't count yourself out of the conversation. Make sure you stay tuned in. All right. So that's all I've got. Without further ado, here is Kelsey and I uh, talk or Kelsey and me. Is that the right grammar? Who knows? Uh, talking about breaking free from diet culture, food freedom, and intuitive eating. So yeah. So back in... Um when we were working together. So when I first got to separate, when I was first separated and got divorced and I remember I was talking to Ethan about it um, a little bit, trying to open up to somebody cause I didn't know how to talk about it. Sure. Um, but I, that's when I really struggled with binge eating 
Mm. Um, and I really was at that point, I was so terrified to be a trainer and then was consuming like massive amounts of calories like late at night. And then I like, I look back at that and I was just like, I was bulimic, like I was forcing myself to throw up. And then I was over exercising to a point that like, I remember like getting, um, like I, I just was so undernourished that like then with all the overexercise, I don't know, like I remember I, I had like a cast on my arm because I like I had like broken my I was having so many injuries. So I was right. injured all the time. I wasn't taking care of myself at all. I wasn't sleeping, over exercising. Um, and then there was one time like when I there's so many opportunities, like so many things when I look back. But then I remember like when I did like whole 30, mm. like, which, you know, you're trying to take care of your health, right? You're trying yeah. to be super clean and eliminate all, you know, cause you want to be healthy, whatever else. And then I, I lost, I did lose weight. And I remember everyone kind of commenting, they're like, cause I lost my butt. Uh. <laughs> I think you even said, you're like, you're doing too much cardio. <laughs> <laughs> and I just like, I just wasn't, eating enough. <laughs> it does sound like something I would inappropriately point out at one point in my life. <laughs> and like I had, I, okay, so here's the thing too, is like at that time, so much of my identity was wrapped up in my, in having a butt. Mm. So much of my identity was wrapped up in have like, well, if I don't have a butt, who am I? Right. Like, anyway, and I just, um, and, and so then I had this, like, it was just really awkward and, and didn't know what to do because I didn't want to gain weight again. But clearly you have to gain, like, it's all about recomposition. And like, I know that now <laughs> and I should have known it then because I was a personal trainer. I think there's times like, and also when I think about like when I was part of Advocare and like I was shoving supplements down my, down my like uh, client's throats, just being like, no, don't drink coffee drink spark. <laughs> I was just like, freaking spark. I forgot about spark. Legit. And I was just like, and I'm looking at this person like, no, don't have something that's natural. Don't have something that has zero calories. Drink this instead because it's healthier. Like, right. Or cause, or cause it's marketed as such. And because it's marketed as such. Right. And like, and then, and starting like, I guess this is like the body or, but for my clients, even I look back and I was just like, I would start them on these like little challenges. They were like 24 day challenges with Advocare or whatever else. And they would lose, like they do like a, a 10 day cleanse. Right. And it was mm -hmm. an, like, you only have the meal replacement shake, you drink the fiber, you do all these things and they would lose weight quickly, like rapidly. And now I look at that like, but then they gain it all back within a couple of days. Right. Cause it was just water weight. Like, right. Whatever else. They start but eating it again. They start, they start, you know, living yeah. life like a normal person. <laughs> and now, like, I look at those clients, like, and I, I just feel like I failed them because mm. at that time they, tr they trusted me. Now, granted, I was 24, 25. I didn't, I just didn't know. I, I was doing the best I could with what I knew. And the thing uh, is, too, about that is, like, you're, no matter what profession that you are in, you're always going to look back in time and go, what was I doing? If you don't then you're not learning and you're not progressing. Yes. The hope is just that the, the guilt you have with it or the shame that you have with it is far less severe because you've got the, you've got the major things figured out. You know, you're no longer having your, your clients go on cleanses. 
you know, but you know, maybe yeah. it's, oh, I gave one person that one tiny little bit of advice on what time of day to take this certain supplement. And it turns out I was wrong. You know, like that's that it like gets yep. smaller over time, but we all have those moments when we look back, like I, I can vividly remember having a consult, having a, uh, what do we call the initial assessments? Oh, the goal and fitness assessments. Yeah. The GFAs. Yes. Um, uh, having the GFAs with, with someone and I, they were like, ate two meals a day. And I was like, that's horrible. You need to be having at least six because it stokes your metabolism <laughs> and it like keeps the metabolic fire going. And I like distinctly remember telling that to somebody. And now I just want to like find that person's house, go to their door and apologize to them. Apologize. Like a bunch of cookies. Um, <laughs> and then, uh, and then another one too. Um, it's just the way I communicated too. Yeah. It was like, it was like, here are the things that work for me. A, what was I freaking 20, 21 at the time, yeah, a yeah. 21 year old, uh, bachelor that gets to work out all the time. And if it doesn't work for you, well, that sucks for you. You got to find a way to make it work. Right. <laughs> you know, you're instead the problem. Like, instead of like, yeah, instead of like adapting the principles and concepts and form, yes. form like formulating them into their life versus trying to shove their life into the concepts. But anyway, we all go through that. So you, you went through some of that with the bulimic thing with the, um, feeling like you don't have a butt thing. And earlier you mentioned you wouldn't consider yourself necessarily like a fitness coach, but more yeah. of a food freedom person. So like someone that helps clients with food freedom. So what, do, what does food freedom mean? Oh, um, okay. So that's, that's a really great question. So I think for me, there would have been a time. I know it like, um, there would have been a time it's a Monday and I just had this coffee and there was a cookie in it, right? I just said this. Right. And there would have been a time in my life that if I found that cookie, um, A, it was this restricted food or this forbidden food or an unhealthy food. And if I, it would have been strange. Like, so if I would have let myself eat it on a Monday, now I've already messed up. Now I've already screwed up and well, F it. I, and then I feel guilty. I feel shameful. I feel like I'm always going to be fat. And what ends up happening is like, instead of just like in my next meal, just maybe having a little bit more nourishment, you know, mm -hmm. like maybe having like a little bit more protein and a little bit more, you know, like maybe I have some avocado chicken salad later because that'll feel really nice and nourishing, lovely for my body. No, instead I'd be like, I'm a, I'm a fucking failure. I can't handle it. So I'm today is ruined. So I'm just going to keep on going. I'm just going to eat bullshit for the, I'm going to have the barbecue and the pizza. <laughs> and then, you know, I'm going to eat all that today because right. tomorrow it starts over. Yep. Tomorrow I get to start over tomorrow. It'll be perfect. And like, I always um, relate it to like a car, like that whole idea of just like, well, I have a flat tire. Okay. Well, instead of getting out and reinflating the tire, I'm going to get out. I'm going to get a knife and I'm just going to slash the other three tires. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I'm just going to keep on going. And part of it's like a self-sabotage, right? Like, like, well, I've already messed up. Like, and I, I it, it's like a defense. It, it makes no sense, but it definitely is what I, what I did. And it, I call it a pendulum thing too, is like, it's this all or nothing mentality with food right. that right. like, if I, if I'm not perfect, then it's fuck it. If I'm not all in, then I'm out. And then I have, and I have to do all the things now 
so I can start over tomorrow. Sorry, I know there's a blender going. Oh, you're good. So, so what was for you personally, and then we can touch on how yeah. you help your clients figure it out. But for you personally, what was, since you actually went through this and this is your story, not just your client's story, what was the switch that happened, even if it wasn't instant, but at least like mm -hmm. appeared in your life when you were like, okay, clearly like this whole all or nothing thing hasn't been working. Did you have this epiphany? Did someone say, hey, you should check your relationship with food? What, what happened with you personally on, on, on finding a road to, to food freedom? Yeah. So I think part of it was like, I realized, like, I didn't know how to explain it. I was just like, I have a problem with food. I have a problem with food. I am thinking about food all of the time like all of the time. And it was getting in the way of my business. Like I would wake up in the morning and I would think about like what I was going to have for breakfast and I would enter it into my fitness pal. And the moment I finished breakfast, then I was thinking about lunch and what I was going to have. And so that would match my macros and match my calories and be perfect. Mm -hmm. And then like, the, you know, and I was constantly just putting all the numbers in and I, I it, it, and then I would just like, try and be perfect all day long, obsessing about my food and my weight all day long. And then I'd come to the end of the day and I'd be so exhausted and so overwhelmed and feel like shit for not getting anything else done. Cause the whole day I was wasting thinking about food. And because I felt like shit, I would just binge right. <laughs> and undo everything that I had just done, feel like shit. And be like, okay, I'm going to do it again better next time. And I was like, this was just over. It was becoming, it was, I was now binging. It had started like maybe it was like once a week, maybe it was like twice a week. And now it was happening every day. It was happening every day. And I felt so hypocritical. And I just like, I couldn't function. I was just thinking about food and my weight all of the time. And I finally like, um, it came to a point I was talking to my friend who's a registered dietitian for the army and amazing. I love her. And I think I was, she's always known that I had a problem um, I've never was actually officially diagnosed with binge eating disorder or bulimia, but I clearly like mm -hmm. all of my symptoms clearly match with that prognosis. And she knew that, but I just wasn't ready. I was still trying each new diet. I was still trying, oh, maybe it's keto. Maybe I just need to go keto. Oh, maybe it's paleo. Oh, maybe it's whole 30. Maybe once I do it, you know, this thing, this is going to be the answer for me. And finally I was exhausted. I was exhausted. I was emotionally broken down. And I finally got to the point where I asked her, I was like, what if I need to just like stop worrying about what I weigh and what I look like? I need to fix this problem with food. Like it mm -hmm. finally got to that point. Like I just need to get to a point where I'm not thinking about food all the time. And she introduced me to intuitive eating. Mm. And like, it was interesting because she introduced it to me as like an idea for my, my program and my business and whatever else. And she kind of and as I started to dive into these principles, like I had heard of intuitive eating, but I never really understood. I was just like, well, yes, I eat. So isn't that intuitive, right? right. <laughs> so yes, I eat intuitively. Um, but when I started diving into these principles and this idea, it was really terrifying. So one of, it was terrifying for me to, one of the first guidelines is to reject the diet mentality to reject the idea that this next diet is gonna be my saving grace. Mm. This next diet is the answer. This is what's going to work. You know, that whole idea, well, it worked before, it can work again, you know? Um, and just letting go of all those like stupid hopes um, 
and just instead focusing on reconnecting to you and your needs, to my hunger cues. To I didn't know what hunger felt like anymore. It was just I only, it, like, it was, well, it was just like, because I, I was also focusing on intermittent fasting. So I was ignoring my hunger cues. Oh. And so like, I would get to the point that I was starving. I was ravenous. And then I'd, I'd, I'd eat so much so fast and then I was stuffed. So I only knew ravenous and stuffed. Right. Sick, you know? And so when I finally reconnected and started listening to my body, what does hunger feel like for me? And then learning how to eat more mindfully, like eat slowly, you know? And then realizing that I had unconditional permission with food. And that's a really weird and very scary concept at the time because I thought if I had unconditional permission to eat if I didn't give myself food rules if I let myself eat sugar if I let myself eat past 6 p.m. if I let myself eat within my 16 hour window then I would eat until oblivion right, right. like sure. if I let myself just eat like you don't understand I'm broken I'm ro like there's something wrong with me but it was fascinating. The moment I let go of those food rules, the moment that I actually just realized like, I can eat the pizza and I'm not a bad person. And I can eat the pizza for breakfast if I want. And I can eat the pizza at 8 p.m. if I want. I have the freedom to eat right. whenever I want. Now the question is, is that actually what my body wants? And reconnecting and re and like, Re, just learning to listen and reconnect to not just like the external diet rules, but just asking my body, how can I best nourish and satisfy you right now? And all of a sudden I was able to have a cookie. I still remember this moment. I was in Barnes and Noble and I decided to order a cookie for no particular reason. I just really wanted the cookie. And I was like, all right, I'm going to let myself have it. And I like turned my phone off. I turned the computer off. I just sat there in this Barnes and Noble and I ate this cookie really slowly. It was a very conscious decision. Like I let the like taste and texture and like the saltiness and the sweetness and all of these things, like I just, I savored it. Like I made that cookie last for like 15 minutes, but, and it was like almost like a Harry met Sally moment. Like just like. <laughs> yeah, I hear you. But it was so important because like for the first time ever, I didn't feel any guilt. I didn't feel any shame. And I was actually satisfied with less. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Whereas before was, you would have felt like, okay, me enjoying this cookie finally is eating it in two bites. Yes. And then I'm going to get another one. Yes. Because, because I wasn't really satisfied. That and you didn't really, you weren't really learning how to actually you didn't really know what enjoying was. One thing I no. like to tell my clients is like, and I'm sure you'll agree with this, is that enjoying is having and binging is wanting. So like, when you when you have, like when you when you enjoy things, like you have it, like you do exactly what you said, where it's like, like you're legitimately like consciously being present in the moment. And you're just saying like, wow, I like, I love the crunch of this cookie on the outside, but how it's like, still soft on the inside yes. and you like mentally take yourself through that whereas before you know whereas or i should say with with the binging or the wanting is you take a bite of that cookie and you're not even being present with that bite because all you can do is think about the next bite when you yep. already have a bite in your mouth so you're all you're doing is wanting 
what you already have, but you just haven't learned to enjoy it yet. Mm -hmm. I love that. So, yeah, cause that's so true. Cause we all, you know, I think even it's, 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 it takes so much work to be present, but I yes. think even more so now because we have been conditioned to eat with distraction. Yes. So, you know, we're on our phone, we are, you know, even, even having a conversation with someone makes it mm -hmm. challenging. You know, not that eating food with someone is bad. That's not what I'm saying at all. But like, that just makes it challenging in and of itself, you know, because you're focused on what they're saying, how mm -hmm. you're going to respond. Am I spilling food all over myself? You know, so <laughs> you, you already have distractions right there. Or, you know, you're at the TV, mm -hmm. uh, whatever it is, your dog's bugging you at the table. You know, you have tons of stuff going on and you're just like, you're not actually sitting there enjoying and being present and having an experience with the food that you have. It's true. And then so, we eat we eat so fast and it mm -hmm. takes our fullness cues like 15 to 20 minutes to actually like hit. And right. so if you're like eating with less than five minutes and like now I've got the tools <clears throat> to kind of help time that and like to help me realize how long food, you know, meals are taking, but it's, it's crazy. Like, right. So let's, let's go through uh, now that opened up a whole, th a whole can of worms, which is good. Um, mm -hmm. let's go through intuitive eating quick and what yeah. that framework looks like, because yeah. I think I would like to argue that if the diet culture wasn't so prominent, intuitive eating might've not been coined as a term because we would just be yes. eating normally, you know? Yes. So it's a pendulum thing. Diet culture is over here. Let's get us mm -hmm. back to intuitive eating over here. So what does the intuitive eating framework look like? Um, and kind of within that, how can people differentiate what we're talking about with intuitive eating and I'm just going to eat whatever the fuck I want, whenever I want. Oh, yeah. That's intuitive eating. What's, you know, so if you could just dive into those, that'd be great. For sure. And I mean, that I think is the number one biggest misconception about intuitive eating. And that's the biggest thing where people like, well, if I, you know, well, fine, I'm just going to eat all the things. I'm like intuitive eating. It doesn't, like it means, yes, I can have a cookie. It means, yes, I can have pizza whenever I want. Yes, I can have these things. But like, it's, it's really the idea, like let's take the guidelines. So first rejecting the diet mentality, right? That there are no food rules. Um, then there's honoring your hunger. So first understanding what hunger actually feels like. Like it took me forever to understand that and, and trying to eat when you're at gentle hunger. So I give a, a scale, like a hunger fullness scale to my clients. And we want to eat it when it's a gentle hunger, because when we're gently hungry, we can eat consciously. We can make a mindful decision about how we want our body to feel, how we want to nourish ourselves. When we wait too long, when we're too hungry, we don't care anymore. We're just like, whatever's in front of me, I just need food right this second, right? right? And we tend to overeat. Once we learn how to honor our hunger, then we learn to respect our fullness. We learn how to eat slowly, mindfully, make it a real experience. Like we were talking about, what is the temperature of the food? Is it hot? Is it cold? What is the texture? Is it crunchy? Is it soft? What is the, um, like, you know, how does, is it salty? Is it bitter? Is it sweet? And then asking yourself before you're eating, like when you're gently hungry, what experience do I want right now? Like, think about that. A lot of times, like when it's a hot day, we want kind of like a crunchy light salad. Like that would be really nice. That's a nice experience that I would want. Sometimes when on a really cold day, you just want like a comforting stew or like mm -hmm. a chili or, you know, and so just asking yourself, 
what you want and how you want your body to feel. And then kind of getting rid of the food police and, and our food rules. And that's a really hard one to make peace with food. Um, and that's what I work with with my clients. And, and you got to do it with, because they're kind of called trigger foods, um, foods that you feel like if I eat a little bit of it, I'll binge. Right. <laughs> I'll binge. I'll go crazy. Like I don't, um, I don't know how to control myself around this food. And slowly, you know, reintroducing that food. Like I, I feel so strange being this, um, this personal trainer, this nutrition coach who like celebrates with my clients when they're able to eat a pop tart. Like it's so funny, but it's so true mm -hmm. because we want to get to the point that like that pop tart or those foods, those trigger foods, or I used to call them no stop foods can be in the house and you forget about them. Or like for me, like, um, big wins with my clients here lately, it was Halloween just recently. Right. And they still have Halloween candy in the house. Like, and they're not tempted to go, like they were able, they're like, I gave myself permission to have a little bit of my kids Halloween candy. And I just don't even think about it anymore. I don't even right. want it. It's not, it's still here, but it's not, you know, where otherwise it used to be like, oh my God, there's candy in the house. There's candy in the house. I can't have the candy. Don't eat the candy. If you eat the candy, you're a bad person. You know, like, right. so and like. Then you go, and then you go, well, the only way the candy is going to be gone is if I eat it all. So I might as well eat it all. Yes. Yeah. And like, that sucks. Right. And then it just keeps you in this place. So learning to make peace with food, learning that like an apple is the same as, you know, but that can get where it's kind of confusing. Like you said, where people are like, well, unconditional permission with food. Well, then I can just eat whatever I want. I'm going to have all this processed food. I'm going to eat all this sugar. I'm going to, I'm like, no, you won't. You won't because like intuitive eating is not just like unconditional, you know, it's not just like eat whatever you want, whenever you want. I mean, it is, but it's you reconnecting to your body, your body, that those foods aren't going to make you feel good. You know, and like you can maybe start out in that place where like, okay, and you kind of test the waters of like what unconditional permission with food means to you and, and kind of getting rid of the food rules and right. trying, you know, you know, but eventually you're going to come back. Like if you've ever been to um, an amusement park, say, and the whole day you're eating like fried pretzels or fried sure. Indian bread right. and you're eating like, you know, the cotton candy and the ice cream. And like, by the end of the day, what do you want? Like, what is your body craving? It's like, is it wanting more ice cream? Probably not. Probably not. Like the same thing, like an all-inclusive resort when you're drinking like crazy and you're just eating whatever you want, like at the end of the trip, you're craving nutrition. You're craving being back in your routine. You're craving those things. And so it's the same thing that like, it's recognizing how to listen to what your body actually wants. And so I really encourage my clients not to think about eating how they want to look, but eating for how they want to feel. Is this going to give me, and, and checking in on that. And that's why like, I guess I do more mindful eating with my clients mm -hmm. um, and checking in like how, like, how did that make you feel? Do you feel satisfied? Do you feel guilty? Do you feel unsatisfied? Do you feel stuffed? Do you feel sick? Um, do you have energy? Do you feel lethargic? Do you like whatever else? And so, and then we know how to kind of, and like, if it upsets your stomach, like, let's not eat that. Yes, you have unconditional permission to eat it. But if it's making you feel gross or feel, then don't eat it. Like, right. <laughs> right. It's understanding, uh, it's understanding that, that the value that food brings is not something that you value at that time. Mm -hmm. Like all foods, I tell people that like all foods have value. It's just mm -hmm. different kinds of value, you know, like yeah. a salad 
and, and dark leafy greens have much different value than ice cream does. Okay. One has more nutritional value, but one has hedonistic value and there's nothing wrong with that as long as you use it appropriately. Right. You know, so it's just understanding that value and, and which one you want most at the moment. Next, next one, next thing I want to ask is where does the education of food tie into this? Because, or at least the mm. understanding. Oh yeah. What food is, things that it contains. Cause <clears throat> I, I am not someone that specifically helps people with intuitive eating. I incorporate right. a healthy relationship with food in there because right. You know, the way I do things is a lot different. You know, I, I, I am the person that takes a client that is doing what they think they need to be doing, mm -hmm. but just can't figure it out. And we track everything. We look at everything that you're doing mm -hmm. so we can find the problem. And so I'm someone that comes from, okay, you're getting an understanding of calories, macronutrients, how certain macronutrients make you feel, how they make you perform, blah, 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 blah. Is it possible for someone to go into this intuitive eating healthy relationship with food without having some sort of education on how food works first or does it really matter well in the intuitive principles like they have them in order for a reason and gentle nutrition is one of the last ones and it's okay. um and, and i what do is, I, what's gentle nutrition what does that mean for me and how i teach my clients it's again listening to how certain foods make you feel and i teach the plate method more than anything like mm -hmm. You know, like half of your plate being like non-starchy vegetables right. and fruit, quarter of your plate being protein and a quarter of your plate being um, whole grains or, um, or, or complex carbohydrates, right? So right. like the, the rice or oatmeal or whatever. Um, and then just trying to like eat slowly, mindfully, listening to your fullness cues so that like you don't feel like you have to clean the plate. Right. Because you don't. Um, but I definitely teach that. And, um, and I would say like for me, most of my clients that come to me and what I specialize in are, I would call them chronic dieters. And those people who, again, like the biggest problem we're facing more so than wanting to like, yes, we want to kind of lose weight. We want to look our best. We want to be stronger, all the things. But the primary problem that we are solving in our time together first is to stop feeling obsessed with food. Right. to stop feeling like it is taking up every crevice. Cause most of the people that come to me, they're already tracking everything. They're, they're already up They're neurotic. Right. And so for me now, the, the goal is to get to release that and come back to a healthier relationship with food. And then we can start reincorporating some of that gentle nutrition mm. in a, in a moderate way. Okay. So what was the, what was the last principle? What was it called? The gen, um, so gentle one of them is gentle, gentle nutrition. So, um, and like, I actually like, just so we have this, um, I, I would let's see intuitive eating principles. Um, cause one of them's also talking about exercise and it's also talking about like a lot of it's self love and self acceptance where you're at now. Like, um, and there's like the whole principle of food police, mm -hmm. which is a big one, especially coming the holidays. Yeah. So let's talk about, let's talk about that. You have someone, um, let's just say they first start out with you. Let's say they start out with you right now. It's, it's about, shit's about to hit the fan in their mind. Yeah. And yeah. so they're thinking, okay, what the hell? Um, I got, you know, Thanksgiving just happened. Christmas yeah. is going to happen. You got Christmas parties. You got a husband's party. You got my party. You got whatever. You got everybody's party. Um, what, what are you doing to coach them through? Mm-hmm 
this, what can be a very stressful time for someone who is just starting out and figuring out what this intuitive eating thing looks like? Yeah. Um, I think the biggest thing, again, is just kind of like, A, you have, you've unconditional permission here, but like asking if you really want it. And then when it comes to social settings, and this is why like, a lot of these people, like a lot of people that come to me, they've lost weight before. Okay. Like they've lost weight before. Maybe they've lost a drastic amount of weight and they're either terrified of regaining it or, um, or they have regained it and they don't know how to get back. And the reason they're obsessed in like how it happens a lot is people complimented them. Like they complimented them on all of their weight loss. Affirmation. Affirmation. But like people really, and I, if people need to be conscious of that, that is not actually something to comment on just because someone loses weight does not mean they meant to like you can lose weight because you're extremely stressed, anxious. Maybe you're going through a divorce and you, you're so anxious and so sad that you can't eat. Um, it could be that you're struggling with an eating disorder. Mm-hmm. It could be, you know, like there's so many other things that we don't know. And unfortunately, the more we complement weight loss, it actually like ends up now that we become defined by it. Like this is how people see me as worthy is by the size of my body, by the size. And then it becomes like an obsession and you're wanting more and more of that affirmation. And so like, I really encourage people not to comment on people's bodies. There are so many other things that are amazing about you and other than the way you look. Um, And then also when you're in social settings, just like being really conscious about if people are talking, and this happens, right? People talk about like, what's on your plate? Oh, well, why are you eating that? Oh, well, why? Oh, you're going back for seconds? Oh, you're like, or just like, and especially like if there's parents, if there's been disordered eating in the past within the family or judgmental as far as that, like, it's just not a thing to talk about. And like just giving my clients the tools to be proactive, giving them the, the sentences to say when, they're, uh, when they are in social settings to be like, thank you, I totally understand, but this is my body and I'm just nourishing and listening to my body and just, you know, um, I'm eating in a way that makes me feel good. I really hope that you do the same or whatever else. Um, and then more than anything, learning, um, have you ever like, there's different voices in our head, right? There's that inner bully or food police as the intuitive eaters would say, but I call it the inner bully. The one that says you're a piece of shit for eating that. Right. <laughs> right. And then there's the anthropologist who's like, wow, I feel really guilty for eating that. Okay. You're like, you're just, you're just noting it. You're just recognizing it. And then there's the nurturer. Like, how would you talk to a child? How would you talk to your friend? Like in that very moment. And how, how can you then talk to yourself instead? So when these people are going through these holidays in these settings, are they trying to be aware of all three of these personalities? Are they trying to focus on one of those inner voices? What's, what, are the, what are they trying to hone in on? Um, I would say it kind of depends on where they're at and how negative the self-talk has been. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a huge proponent and like I, I, I talk a lot in my programs about neuroplasticity and like our brain's incredible ability to rewire itself. And like a lot of times the things that keep us stuck are just our habitual thoughts and our, everything's a habit, right? Cause right. that's whatever fires together, wires together. And so it's just up to us to kind of at first recognize what are the things we have been saying to ourselves 
And like, once you recognize it, then like my whole system, my whole program for everything is recognize, redesign, refine, recognize what the negative thought or how you're talking to yourself, redesign it so that maybe instead of being that bully, maybe we start with the anthropologist and just Make saying what's going makes an observation or maybe right. we start with a nurturer all right it's okay no matter what you know it's okay no matter what happens i'm still okay i'm safe all is well mm -hmm. you know and then refining it so just repeating it over and over and over again until it becomes just who you are that you no longer have those really horrible thoughts like i said like i didn't even think about the cookie in my coffee i was just like that's awesome like right. <laughs> right. um so yeah uh but I would say it kind of depends on the person, which is why my program is so personalized and kind sure. of based on what's going on with them right then. Right. So another question for you here, what's, um, this is something that someone asked in my, uh, Instagram story a while ago that I did a podcast episode on. Um, they shared it with someone that they follow the coaches into intuitive eating and they went out of their way to try to say I was putting out harmful content, which I did not. <gasps> uh, but, Oh, wow. Okay. Um, so here's the question. Yeah. Here was the original question. Can fat loss and intuitive eating go together? If so, why? If not, why? Ooh. Okay. So I would say they can. It depends on the person and where they're at. So like I said, for most of my clients, like if they're and whenever I'm on a call with somebody to see if they're a good fit for my program, if their primary goal, well, especially if it's weight loss as opposed to fat loss, which we know are completely different things, but sure. Sure. <laughs> if, if their primary goal is weight loss, if their primary goal is to change their body, I won't work with them. Got it. Like depending on like, that's just not, they're not a good fit for my particular program. Um, I, I in no way will sit like no one has ever gained weight on my program. Everyone has recomp whatever, but yep. I also don't have my clients weigh themselves because the scale can be extremely triggering for self-sabotage. Well, and let's just face the fact that there's, I mean, tons of different factors that determine oh, the scale yes. weight. So, Oh my gosh. So, oh, thank you. It's like, useless. Please. It's not it's useless, useless, but it's like, on the totem pole of things to actually like <laughs> tangibly mark, mark your progress, it's like way yes. at the bottom. Way at the bottom. And people put way too much, way too much weight, <laughs> weight on it. Um, <laughs> and so, <laughs> so for me, I, all I ever ask my clients is like, and is like, you know, can we put our aesthetic goals, can we put them on the shelf for right now? Not saying that they won't happen, but they will be a natural byproduct. Because right. if you do heal your relationship with food, if you do start nourishing your body and caring for your body and eating slower and eating, like not feeling like you need to clean the plate every day, you know, like, and you're not binging it, I promise you weight loss will come. Like, and I found right. that for myself, right? I was terrified, yeah. you know, like, and I was taking before and after pictures and I like all of a sudden I wasn't inflamed anymore. All mm -hmm. of a sudden, like. I was leaner than ever than I had been like five years ago. Right. And it wasn't as hard. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, yeah, we, I mean, I, even I have that, <clears throat> that experience of like my, the whole first part of, of me getting into fitness, I was trying to have this super jacked aesthetic physique 
and I was tracking calories, tracking macros, but I was pursuing aesthetics and I was not pursuing health. Yeah. Yeah. Now I eventually got the look I wanted and I was still tracking calories and macros and stuff, but I was pursuing health first and treating the aesthetics as like a secondary or tertiary goal rather than the first one. My ultimate goal was just better health. I want my digestion to be better. I want my energy to be better. I want my sleep to be better. And when I focused on like that as the foundation, the rest followed, you know, so there's definitely true. Okay. So you tell these people, all right, let's just put it, well, you know, it's it's okay to have as a goal, but let's just not make it the one thing that we're focusing on because primary goal is fixing relationship or healing relationship with food. So where does someone go? Like, is it appropriate to say that someone could go from a, a healthy relationship with food to now being able to go into the weeds a little bit more to chase those aesthetic goals? And I would say it is possible. Um, and I think it's very dependent on the person and it's very de- And so like I, so I have a, a continuation program, right? So I told you my, my rediscover you program, it's recognize, redesign, refine, right? right? And then once you've been a client with me, we've had this one-on-one, then I have a continuation program called refinement. It's my refinement program. And now right. we're, we have the foundational pillars. We have everything in place. We've healed our relationship with food. We're feeling much more secure. And now we're wanting to kind of tweak it. You know, we're wanting to adjust it. We're wanting to improve. We're wanting to get maybe a little bit leaner or whatever else. Right. And, but we still want the support of a coach to make sure, because it's a slippery slope. Sure. Right? Sure. To, to make sure that I can be there like in our calls and be like, Hey, what's going on? You know, like, because we should, like you said, we can have these aesthetic goals, but if your aesthetic goals are trumping your health, right? What's the point? Right. And so sometimes you need a third party outside perspective to be like, Hey, 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 hold on, wait, let's pull it back a bit. And I I think for me more than anything, I, when I do, when we do that, then it's rather than again, removing, it's all about what you can add. Can you add more protein? Can you add more another serving of vegetables? Can you add more water? Can you 100%. add another walk? Because when you, know, you add that, naturally the other stuff that we kind of don't want gets taken out. Exactly. By, by default. By default. So, exactly. And this is, okay, this is, yeah, because this is something that I wanted to touch on because I feel like a lot of, and this is mostly my judgment, not 100% based on mm-hmm. tech, but I feel like a lot of people on in the intuitive eating realm feel like tracking in and of itself Mm. is something that is harmful. Whereas I feel like tracking is a tool that you use to see what's going on. But if you don't have the healthy relationship set up already, it can Mm -hmm. be far more harmful than someone that does have a healthy relationship with food. It's almost like, I like to look at like a gun, you know, Mm -hmm. the gun, the gun didn't kill the poor kids in Mm -hmm. school. Sorry to get dark. But the person who had, it was in, it was in a poor mental state, used yeah. that tool and that was a negative outcome. Would you agree with that? Disagree with that? What are your thoughts on that? I, no, I 100% agree. And I, I do have my clients track. Now, they, and it, because I, I am still, first and foremost, I mean, I would say I'm a scientist. Like I'm a, I graduated biomedical science and chemistry. Like I, I still, data is really important. 
but it all kind of depends on what kind of data. So do I have them use my fitness pal or have them track calories or macros? No, because my clients tend to be neurotic and obsessive. I know because that was me. (laughs) I'm not just being like, they're broken and I'm not. (laughs) Um, You know, and it was just like this moment that like, if I went over my calories, like even if it was by one calorie or whatever, it was just a problem. Yeah. And, And then it would just like, open up a can of worms. Yeah. But for me, I found this app and I actually, I collaborate with them. I'm doing a live with, with the, um, I'm doing live with the, an Instagram live with the, what am I trying to say? Like the, the ones who created it, producers the of the app, the founder. Um, they're awesome. So the app is called eight, A T E. Okay. Um, Interesting. I love it. I'm obsessed with it. I have all my clients use it. I have used it every single day since March 3rd. Oh, wow. I have, I have never like, you know, right. Like I've done my fitness pal, I've done apps, I've done things like that. And like, you know, you have like a day where you're tracking and then a day where you're not, I've used it every single day, not one day I've missed. And so that's enough to tell me like, let's say it's December, whatever. Now, um, this app has changed my life and it's changed my clients' lives. And so what we do is all it is, it's a simple habit, right? I'm all about habits recognizing that a lot of times binge eating and and mindless eating is just a habit. And Mm -hmm. so how do we stop or break a habit we don't want? We need to add friction. And so what I have them do is you take a picture of your food before you eat. And uh, it takes a little bit of practice to get into, right? Because at first they're like, oh, I just, oh, I ate it. And then I thought about the thing. And I'm like, I know, but we're going to keep practicing this. And that's the difference with my fitness pal or something like that is because so many people will eat and then they put it in and then they feel like shit because it's already over. Whereas like taking a picture beforehand, now you're thinking before you eat and it asks you to take, it asks you questions like, why am I eating? I'm hungry. I'm bored. I'm stressed. I'm craving. I'm procrastinating. I'm wanting a distraction. Like, oh, interesting. I love it. And then we're like, who are you eating with? Are you by yourself? Where are you eating? Are you eating on the couch, at the table, in the car? Are you standing? Are you even, you know, whatever. Um, and then like, again, asking like, how does this make you feel? And then I put on there that hunger fullness scale that I talked about, like on a scale one to 10, how hungry are you right now? On a scale one to 10, how full are you right now? And then you can see, cause it tracks how long did it take for me to eat that meal? It also tracks how long did I go between my meals? So then I started to recognize habits like, oh, you know what? Like I eat something that's satiating, right? With protein, fiber, and fat. Then I end up being satisfied and not hungry for the next three to four hours. Okay, that's really cool. Or then like if I was eating every like one and a half, two hours, I was like, am I really physically hungry right now or is there something else going on? And I had all this data and I was able then like, and my clients, it's awesome. I don't tell them what to eat. They literally, because there's a day recap and a week recap. Um, and they can, they can record how much, how many ounces of alcohol they're having in a day and a week, how much water they're having in a day and a week, how much caffeine. And like, then we can look at this and they'll honestly look at the pictures and they'll be like, Oh my God, there's no color. There's no green. I need to add vegetables. And I'm like, all right, well, if that's what you think you need to do this week, like, you know, and then it's their idea. It's not me. And it's them just tracking and looking at their own behavior and what's happened. And it, I love this tool. Yeah, it gives you time. It's forcing you to just slow down. 
and just yeah. assess your environment and say, what is actually happening? Yes. Because if we don't go way out of our way to do it, it ain't happening. No. What and if, then like from there, we're on behavior. So then if we're noticing that like at this particular time of night now, okay, so what else can we do instead? Right. Why are, what are the feelings you're having? Why are you having those feelings? And like, let's redesign it. Let's now let's, this will be your time to journal. This will be your time to have whatever tea or, and it's not that you can't eat. You're allowed to eat. If you really want the food, if you're hungry, please, by God, eat. But if that's right. not what's going on now, we know. Yep. Yep. I love it. I love it. So, okay. That's good. It's good to know. It's good to get your perspective um, on, on all that stuff. So let's try to like get some tangibles here before, for the people listening before we sign off and just say, okay, you're going into, and I know we briefly discussed it, what you would have someone do, but let's see if we can like make them distinct, like, okay, try to think about this, this, this. For people listening, they're going into the holiday season. Like mm -hmm. you said, they may have people commenting. They might have people being like, oh, you sure you want to have that second serving? Mm -hmm. uh, you might have your favorite cookie and there's thousands of them and you didn't have them this whole year. Um, what are some things that are common for people to, to go through and deal with during this time? And what can they do to make those interactions healthier? Yeah. Some of the biggest, um, and I, I have a whole, if anybody's ever interested, I have a whole bunch of like free video trainings and masterclasses in my free Facebook group. Oh, love um, it. yeah. We'll, yeah. we'll plug that at the end there. For sure. And I did a whole thing <laughs> on my three tips for Thanksgiving, like before Thanksgiving. And I would say this is the same thing I would recommend before a Christmas meal or a New Year's party or whatever else. And some of the biggest ones are, um, not having FOMO when it comes to food, mm. not having this fear of missing out, right? <laughs> because what ends up happening when we have that fear of missing out, we put this food on a shelf. It's now special. I'm never going to be able to eat it again. So I better eat all of it right, right. now. <laughs> right. Right. And just recognizing like, is that really the experience you want to have? Like, it, can you take leftovers? You know, can you, and it's okay. Again, you have on from, unconditional permission to eat it. So you can have more later. You can have more tomorrow. And I promise like if you were just eating less of it, you'll still be within your like calories. You'll still be right. whatever, like right. just recognizing what experience you want to have and not having that fear of missing out. Don't save your calories by God. Like, <sighs> and I, like, I just, I know because I, I see it all the time with intermittent fasting and like, I know that they talk about all these other benefits with intermittent fasting. Most of the time you're fasting within like a 12 hour window anyway. Like right. it doesn't need to be 16. It doesn't need to be whatever. Right. But especially you're, you're, you're splitting hairs and you're majoring in the minors. Thank you. Ooh, yes. Yes, Adam. <laughs> <laughs> I've got some, I've got some nuggets of, uh, of language here that help a lot. Like so. it. I'm going to keep that. Um, <laughs> but like, yeah. And, and so like, but I've seen it so much where they're just like, I'm going to save all my calories for the Thanksgiving meal, for the Christmas meal, for the, for mm -hmm. the desserts, for the whatever. And I'm like, it, I, just like I said at the beginning of this, if you can just honor your hunger and not let yourself get too ravenous, when you get too hungry, you don't make good decisions. You eat too much. Whereas if you can come to the meal, having being nourished throughout the day, having your body just gently hungry, hungry, and then you can just be like, well, what do I really want to eat right now? Mm -hmm. how, how do I want to feel right now? What is the most, you know, like, what is the 
this experience that I want to have right now. And right. again, then you can eat slowly because you're not starving and you might find that you're full. You're no longer hungry. Um, and so, yeah, that's my, like, and then I think the, the last one, don't beat yourself up. No matter what happens, even if you do overeat that day, my God, it's not the end of the world. If, <laughs> even if like, you're not, you're not murdering small children. It's fine. Like, <laughs> like right. just, it's, it's, it's okay. If you overate a little bit, it's fine. The net, like I, it took me so long to realize, like I was stuck in this pendulum of binge restrict, binge restrict. And I was like, okay, how do I stop binging? I'm just going to keep restricting. And it finally realized, no, you have to stop restricting in order to stop binging. And so even if you do overeat, I need you to say to your, even if you need to separate yourself from your body, be like, okay, my body deserves to eat today. My body deserves to continue to be fed and nourished today the next day, whatever it right. is. Or, or on later. the flip side, my body does not need or want five cookies right now. Yes. But my palate does want one cookie. Right. Right. And it's, but really, like, I love this new thing that, like, I've just, that whole idea of separating yourself from the body, because a lot of people struggle with that I deserve, I deserve. Mm. Like, I don't deserve to take time for myself. I don't deserve to... Um, have, I, I don't deserve to, you know, yeah, take time for myself to take care of myself, to nourish myself, but my body, if my body can be separate, if you can treat your body, like you would a small child, a friend or whatever else, right. Or a dog say, you know, like yeah, you would yeah. treat that thing, that person better than you would treat any yourself. Right. So yeah, ta- separate yourself from your body, your body. How do you want your body to feel? How do you want to care for your body? How do you want to show love and appreciation for your body? And one last, one last tangible I want to go through here. When, when, someone, when someone has that epiphany and realizes, holy shit, I actually don't want that piece of pie. Mm-hmm. But Uncle John says, what's the deal with you? Are you trying to lose weight? Ah. What's, your, what's, the, what's, the, what's the appropriate response to honor yourself but also let uncle John know what's up and that he can just kind of like mind his own business. And honestly, like this has happened more so with my clients and it's just like, so I'll I'll bring it my, one of my clients, it was later in the evening. um, And we've been working on our unwinding our night routines. Right. And her husband was having chocolate and just Mm. like, Hey, you want some chocolate? And And she just had this moment. She knew she could have the chocolate. She absolutely could, but she just sat and she's like, no, no, thank you. I just, I just don't really want, like, I just don't really want it. And he was just like, and he said something snarky, you know, just like, and classic situation. I know. It's just like, 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 I want to make sure that I'm not the only guilty party here. Exactly. I'm not having it. Sorry. Keep going. No, you're totally fine. And because it's not about an aesthetic goal, because it's not so I can look good, Mm. but it's because I want to feel good. And it's because I'm really connected to my body right now. And I know that I just simply don't want it. I'm not judging you. You can absolutely have it. Right. Enjoy it by all means. I'm not trying to lose weight right now. Right. I'm just listening to my body. And yeah. this is No, thank you. I'm satiated. Yeah. I really enjoyed the dinner. And I feel, exactly. I feel really good about it. Yeah. And that's all it needs to be. That's all it needs to be. And I like, 
and just stand your ground on it and know that you're, it, it's not so you can lose weight. I think that that's the biggest one to be like, no, and, and I'm not judging you. You, you can right. eat whatever you want. I no judgments. No, right. everyone is safe. <laughs> yeah. I love it. So where can people go to, you mentioned the free webinars and information and stuff like that mm -hmm. in your Facebook group. Um, where is that? And then where can people just connect with you, whether it's social media, email, whatever, how can people get a hold of you and get introduced into uh, your world and what you do? Absolutely. Um, so if you ever want to find me like personally on Instagram, I'm at uh, Kelsey Weeby PT. By the way, I saw it like, I'm going to point it out to Weeby is W-I-E. Damn it. Isn't boy e. I know. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's everybody like. I-E. I -E. I -E. So I before E except after C, we're following the English rules. <laughs> <laughs> Adam, you're a freaking idiot. Nice job. <laughs> you're totally fine. I love it. It happens to everybody. So I'm just going to like, but yes, yeah, so Kelsey Weeby, um, like Weeby Free, Weeby right. Fit, you know, all that jazz. Um, so Kelsey Weeby PT and then my Facebook group where like uh, you can find all of, I've got a group. It's, it's just women, um, women only who were working to break through, break free from all the diet rules and really just build healthy habits at last. And we talk about like our favorite books and we we're really supportive in there. It's an awesome group of women. So that is rediscover you healthy, fit and free. That's okay. my Facebook group. So rediscover you healthy, fit, and free. Would absolutely love to have you join me um, and join us and anyone who's, who's looking for Absolutely. That. I'll make sure we get the, the links in the show notes for people too. Awesome. Thank awesome. You. Well, thanks for talking. Appreciate you. Yeah, thank you so much. Oh my goodness. I cannot believe it is over already. Hey, thank you guys so much for listening to the podcast. Hey, listen in. If you have a health and fitness goal that you are trying to reach, I don't know what else to say other than to say it must be a match made in heaven. If you didn't know already, Pullman Fitness exists to transform the body, mind, and spirit through personal coaching and sustainable fitness plans for any stage of life. So if you want to reach your goals, build sustainability, and enjoy life all at the same time, you guys got to check out Premier Coaching at Pullman Fitness. From custom tailored programming to 24-7 access to your personal coach, you'll have everything that you need to succeed. You guys can find out a lot more about Premier Coaching as well as our membership program at PullmanFitness.com. Hey, if you enjoyed the show, share the love by leaving a five-star review and introducing the podcast to your friends and family. As always, thank you so much for listening, and until next time, this is The podcast. <laughs>